Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Canner will continue in the book of Genesis. But here's a few highlights from our study this week. Before in the beginning. So here it is, 1 Peter 1, 19-20. And now look, feel, follow along with me. It says, But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, what was manifest in these last times for you. So what is he talking about? When it says before the foundation of the world, that's before in the beginning. He knew that man was going to sin in the garden. He knew that. And God was so excited about the plan, the wonderful plan that it was going to be realized here to save sinners. Then he started to work on the plan before the in the beginning. That's a promise. That's a very, very, that's a promise that if you as a sinner believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will have eternal life. Very simple contract. He's very patient to us word. He's not willing that anyone should slip through the cracks. He's not willing that anyone should perish. Thought of a sinner dying, God cries out, no, give him another chance. Now here's Tom with today's study. He chose us to be holy without blame. He decided to adopt us. He decided to save us when we called on him. He did not predestinate us to believe, but he knew who would believe. Now, <clears throat> turn to 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 9. 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 9. Another thing God did. All right, 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 9. Here's the father, Tim, uh, father Paul, speaking to his son in the faith, Timothy. And it's great that we get these letters, intimate letters between Paul and Timothy, and he says such wonderful things, and God says, yeah, that's pretty good, Paul. I think we'll make it for everybody. We'll just put it in a book called the Bible. And so here it is. He says to Timothy, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me of his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the afflictions, subject afflictions, of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose, subject, purpose and grace, which was given us before the world began. So before in the beginning, before... Genesis 1.1, God foreknew all, not only who was going to agree, but he knew all, he saw all the troubles and all the, the, the afflictions that's going to happen and that each one of us is going to go through. You know what's happening now in heaven? There's no chaos in heaven. Sometimes there's chaos at my home, but there's no chaos in heaven. And, and nobody is running up to God, you know, and, and, and say, oh, you won't believe it, there was an auto accident. There's no news flashes in heaven. With one of your children, it's just an auto accident. There's no Job situations in heaven. There's no, and while this one's speaking, this one comes and that one comes, and God's going, oh, wait, give me a break here. No, that's not happening in heaven because God knows exactly what is happening and will happen in each one of our lives. And before the, in the beginning, he mapped out for us with all that in sight he mapped out for us two things. First, this verse tells us what his purpose is for us in each trial. And second, what grace is going to be given. You know, uh, 14 months ago, as you know, I was in such a back pain. 
And I called several of you. I called Don and talked about, oh, my back. And Don says, oh, my back. Anyway, and <clears throat> I was in bed, and I didn't know it, but I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer with two tumors. One, the, the causing of pain, the most pain, a spine tumor about the size of an egg, about that large, sitting on the side of the spine that invaded inside the spine and wrapped itself around the nerves in the spine. <clears throat> I don't recommend that for anybody. The other was the size of a grapefruit. Not exactly, a five and a half inch grapefruit. Pretty good sized grapefruit, about that big. On my spleen, it was right here. It was a big, big mass. You didn't know I could have that inside of me and not know it, did you? I didn't either. I mean, you know why I wear this coat all the time? I'm keeping a secret from you. You know what that secret is? I'm fat. That's why I never take the coat off, because I never want to reveal that secret. Well, I was carrying that big tumor there, and I didn't know. And so last Tuesday, I had the PET scan and the CT scans in the morning, and I thought, well, it's fine. You know, I'll trust God. I'll just wait for the results whenever they call. But by the afternoon, you didn't want to be around me. I was so edgy and antsy. I called my friend John. I said, John, why am I edgy and antsy? He says, Tom, if I were you, I would be on pins and needles. And I said, yeah, that's right. I am on pins and needles. I'm calling the radiology department. And I call him up and I say, I'm on pins and needles. I said, uh, can I get my report? You know, pick it up. Yeah, okay. So the report showed that the spleen tumor had gone from uh, this size, right there, yeah, gone from this size to the black, that size. I still got a little quail egg there. All right. <clears throat> and the spine tumor was gone, disappeared. Boy, that's good, isn't it? And, and every day, uh, I want to tell you that every day, uh, every weekday, we sent out from the company, those who wanted about 200 people, an email, a devotional with a Bible verse. A Bible verse, and then part of the Bible verse is the subject line on the email, and then a one sentence, uh, one sentence about that, thought for the day. So many of you get that. And I, I want to tell you how that works. Um, I just give to the, to the person who sends this out about a couple hundred of these at a time. So I collect them over a time, and then I just give them all at one time. And she usually has about 100. So there's, there's hundreds of these devotionals, and they just kind of go in whatever order they go in. I don't even know what order they go in. And so I just, uh, I, I just said to them last week, I just said, um, here, just give this little health update about the cancer uh, put it in the next uh, email devotional. No idea which devotional that was going to be attached to. And do you know what it was? I want you to turn to it, if you didn't see it. Psalm 118, verse 17. I don't know, when some of you got this email, maybe you were surprised. Let me tell you, I was extremely surprised. Because <laughs> I didn't choose the verse. Psalm 118, verse 17. This is, the, this is the verse that the cancer report went out on. I can't believe it. It says, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord hath chastened me sore, but he hath not given me over unto death. When I read that, and I got a, you know, several responses back, and every one of the responses came back with this subject line, I shall not die, but live and declare. I thought, well, that's strange. Why is everybody saying that to me? And <clears throat> when I read that, do you understand what I'm talking about? Do you understand? Yeah, okay, good. Well, <laughs> you're not as excited as I was, but that's all right. It was more personal, I guess. Anyway, when I read that, I, I said that, I said, oh, that's God's message to me. That's to me. That's my message. God is telling me, you're not going to die. You're going to live and declare. 
And God healed me. And that's what I'm doing this morning. I'm declaring. God healed me. I can keep declaring or else I'm going to die. Now, <laughs> do you think that when I got the cancer, that some angel came rushing into God's court out of breath saying, oh, you won't believe it. There's a pathology report. He's got cancer. <laughs> do you think that? No, you don't think that happened, do you? No, no, no. Do you think God's response was, oh, no, what are we going to do? This slipped by me. Why didn't any of your angels you ever tell me about this? Some heads are going to roll for this. He didn't do any of that. Because he, he, God foreknew, and he foreknew, and he knew this wasn't going to, he knew this before the in the beginning part. He knew that. And, and he, he said, you know what? We're going to choose before in the beginning, we're going to choose an email. She didn't choose the email. God chose the email. When he chose the email? Before in the beginning. And we're going to attach that to him because I've got to send a message to Tom. And Because you know what happens when you have cancer. You get a remission. You sit there and say, oh, wonderful, your remission. But there's something in the back of your mind. You know what that is? For how long? You've got an incurable cancer. For how long? And God said, I know Tom's going to be worried about that. He really gets on pins and needles easily. So I'll choose the day's devotion for him just to calm him down a little bit. That's impossible. But anyway, God was so excited about that. Now, he was so excited about his contract for redemption. He was overjoyed over those who of their own free will would sign this and become followers of the Lord Jesus Christ that before the in the beginning, he started to work on their benefit, as we've seen, because he's the God of love. That's a God to keep. That's a God to love. That's a God to adore. He's a keeper, that God, when we see this. But wait, there's more. Now, <clears throat> turn to Matthew 25, 34. Matthew 25, 34. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you, for you from the foundation of the world. We're not going to take time to turn to it, but you want to note it down. Luke 2, 12, 32. Fear not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In, in Ephesians 1.18, we're running a little short on time, so I'm just going to read this for you. Ephesians 1.18 says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Being enlightened. So that you may know the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That's just, how many of you have had a big, giant inheritance? You don't have to raise your hand, but anyway. <clears throat> then we're all going to come to you and ask more. Anyway, I, I had an inheritance from my father. My father, the Beverly Hills obstetrician gynecologist. The only problem was that he had five wives and five common-law wives, so there were ten, ten women. I thought I could make a lot of money writing a book, All the Women in My Father's Life. But anyway, with each one of those ten women who came and went, I watched my inheritance dwindle down. And finally, the last common-law wife, as they were driving on their way to Scripps Green Hospital to, for where he died, it, it, they, she had him drive to Laguna Hills to the lawyer to change the will. So when he died, I got $25. <clears throat> which I never actually received even. I'm waiting for it. All right. He didn't really want me to have the inheritance because I followed the Lord Jesus Christ. But that was all right because God stepped in. I remember when I was really troubled about this, and I thought, you know, Lord, do you see what's going on here? And the verse he gave me was the one he gave to Abraham, I am thy shield and the exceeding great reward. He said, don't worry about that. And he, and he, and he did. He took good care of me. Now, Moses is an example of a person who also turned his back or, or, or 
his inheritance was turned away from him. When in Hebrews 11, 24 through 26, it says that when he got old enough, come to years, he refused. He said, no, I'm not going to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time, for a season, a temporary pleasures of sin. Why? Because he had respect unto the recompense of reward. He respected the inheritance. He respected the reward. He says, am I going to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter or am I going to be called the son of God? Am I going to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, for a little short time, or I'll suffer affliction with the people of God and then there'll be great things. Shall I endure the reproach of the Messiah of Christ now and his reward or should I just take everything I can get now in Egypt? Let me weigh it out. Moses went through this. Which one's more valuable? And his conclusion, I'll take God's reward. I'll take God's reward. So, conclusion. God did a lot before the in the beginning of Genesis 1-1 for us because he's good, because he was so excited about, now. yeah, we'll do the creation part. We'll do the creation part next week. And God said, we'll do the creation part. I got something even more exciting than the creation. It's the redemption And he was so excited about that. And we are the beneficiaries. And we need to, and and you know, when that sinks in, you know, it does, it puts a smile on your face. Wow, God did that for me. And you know what else it does? It puts a broken heart within you. He, I want him to do that for him and for her and for each person because he's not willing that anybody slips through the cracks. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what all that you did Because of all that you are, all for our benefit, you gave so much, you were so excited, you planned out the holiness part, and you planned out the adoption part, and you planned out the inheritance part, and you planned out the grace and the purpose in our trials. You planned it all out for us, Lord. And that's just so wonderful. And we just, all we want to tell you this morning is thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. been seeing that the book of Genesis is all about beginnings. Tom, what would you say is the most profound beginning in the history of the Jewish people? Well, that's easy. It's Genesis chapter 12. We'll come to it. But there is the place where we find the beginnings of the Jewish people. It's the great beginning in the history of the Jewish people. This is the place here where we learn, as we have seen no other place, the start of the Jewish people. And it's so significant because the start of the Jewish people comes with a call of God and a decision of one man, a great man, a very important man for the Jewish people, The man is Abraham. And his decision to respond correctly to God was so momentous that God decided to change his name from Abram to Abraham. And the point where God changed his name memorialized Abraham's decision. You know, that's the way it is in life. God calls us 
and our decisions determine our destiny. God is calling each one of us to repent of our sin, turn away from it, call it what God calls it, ugly, and accept God's remedy for it, the death of himself when God became a man, the Lord Jesus Christ, and be saved from our sins and start a new life. And that's such a momentous decision that God will will say, that's the decision on which your destiny was determined. And so this is such an important time. Now, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, we have the first thing recorded, which was God's call to Abraham. And it says, now the Lord had said to Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. It's so important what God said. It's, it reads in the Hebrew, lech lecha. In other words, in going, go, leave. So the call of God to Abraham was to leave. Lech lecha, get thee out of thy, get thee out, it says in English. In other words, leave, leave what? God says, leave your country. Abram, leave your kindred, your people. Abram, leave your father's house. See how God started from the broad? Abram, leave your country, very broad. Then the more narrow, your people, Abraham, leave your people. These were the Syrian people, by the way. And then he says, and not just the only the Syrian people, leave your father's house, Abram. Very, very severe call that God had called Abraham to. In this case, it was Abram. You know, when a Jewish person turns to the Lord Jesus Christ, he's getting that same call from God because if if he doesn't think he's going to have to leave his people in his father's house, they'll make the decision for him. And that becomes the call of God. That's the way it was in my case. They, I, I was, I, they, they said, yeah, you want to go to the Lord Jesus Christ? Goodbye. And I had to leave. But this was the call of God. And he says, you leave, Abram, to a land that I will show thee. So really boil down to Abram's part. Abram, do you have confidence in God? Abram, do you really believe that God is good? You know what it boils down to? It really boils down to this. Abram, is God worth it? Is God better than your country? Is God better than your people? Is God better than your family? Because if he is, he's calling you to leave your country, your kindred, your father's house. This was the momentous beginning of the Jewish people. And Abram, I want you to be, by faith, believe, I'm going to give you better, Abram, better to a land that I'll show you. 
And then he said in verse two, and Abram, I'm gonna make of you, I will make of thee a great nation, a great nation, a goy gadol, a great, a big nation. That's what I'm gonna make of you. You're just one person. But trust me, Abram, I, the Lord God Almighty, am gonna make you a great nation. And then he said, and I will bless thee. You'll have the blessing of the Lord God Almighty and make thy name great. I'll make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. So Abram, here's my plan for your life. I wanna make you a great nation. I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna make your name great, and you're gonna be a blessing to the rest of the whole world. That's my plan for you, Abram. And then he said, I'm gonna care for you so much, you're gonna be my friend, Abram, my friend. We're talking about friendship with God. He said, you're gonna be my friend, such a friend that you're gonna be that people who come along and bless you, you know what I'm gonna do to them? I'll bless them. And people who come along and curse you, you know what I'm gonna do for them? I'm gonna curse them. And then he says, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. In other words, Abram, out of you, every single family of the earth is gonna be blessed. All families of the earth are gonna be blessed. He was saying to Abram, Abraham, I'm gonna bring the redeemer of man through you. I'm gonna bring the Messiah, not only the Messiah of Israel, the Messiah for the whole world is gonna come from you. The Lord Jesus Christ is gonna come from you, Abram. And those first three verses were the call to our father, Abram. And you know the wonderful part? is the next verse, it's verse four. It says, very simply, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And because he made that decision, God says, forget about your old name, Abram. It's done, it's finished. Your new name is Avraham, father of many nations, father of peoples. You are going to be now my friend, my father of many nations. Why? Because you believed me. Because when I told you to leave the scene, the what you can see, and to come to to me and and, and, and to let me show you what you can see, and you did it. So Abram departed. Those little words, so Abram departed. That made him the friend of God. That made him the father of many nations. That made him the beginning of the Jewish people. That was the beginning of the Jewish people. The beginning of the Jewish people. With the Jewish people, who was the father of the Jewish people? The father of the Jewish people was the, was the man who heard the call of God to leave it all and just gain God. And he did. And that's the beginning of the Jewish people. There was a missionary to the people down there in Ecuador. 
And this people, these, these tribe people, eventually took his life. His name was Jim Elliot. And he wrote something like this. He said, he's no fool who gives up what he cannot keep in order to gain what he cannot afford to lose. That was Abraham. Abraham had his country, his kindred, his father's house. He had all that. But Abraham was no fool to realize, I'm going to give that all up because I can't keep it in the long run anyway. In order to get what I cannot afford to lose, which is God himself, that's the beginning of the Jewish people, and that's our father Abraham. Thank you for joining us today. Tomorrow, Tom will begin our study of the personal relevance of the Passover from Isaiah 53. If you'd like to learn more about Tom Cantor or Israel Restoration Ministries, visit our websites at friendshipwithgod.org or israelrestoration.org. There you'll find more resources to help you with your friendship with God. You can also find Israel Restoration Ministries on Facebook. And there you can receive a daily devotional from Tom Cantor. You can also contact Tom Cantor by sending an email to tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. We'd also like to hear from you as the listener. So please call us directly at 1-800-247-3051. Join us again tomorrow at this same time.